0: A question as we begin to examine this scripture truth that I'll read for us in a moment from Luke chapter 6. The question is, are you a giver? Are you a giver? Am I a giver? Not just do you give, but are you a giver? Do you have a giving heart, a giving spirit? In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 The Lord tells us that as believers, we are more than just individuals who believe in Christ. We're actually part of this big family of believers. A family that functions not only as individuals, but more importantly, we function as one body. A body with members that actually need and depend upon each other for all the matters of daily life. And here in our scripture passage for today, Jesus is telling us how we're to go about meeting some of those needs of the body of Christ. Listen to these very simple words, but very profound words given to us in Luke chapter 6. This is verse 38. Lord Jesus tells us, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use it will be measured back to you and so then the question again that i asked a moment ago are you a giver are you a giver am i a giver not just do you give but are you a giver do you have a giving spirit a giving heart This year's tax preparation season recently ended back in April. And one small way that you and I can begin to answer this question about whether or not we are givers can be measured by taking a close look at the amount of money that we earned last year and the amount of money that we gave, our giving record. And the question is, did you give at least 10% of your income to the needs of the church. Yes, this church, but the church is so much broader than one building of people. God's church is widespread and there are needs everywhere. And so the question again did you give at least 10% of your income to the needs of the body of Christ? This church and perhaps the Billy Graham Association, maybe Samaritan's Purse. To missionaries, do you support missionaries? Other kinds of Christian organizations and Christian workers. Folks, God has clever ways of examining and measuring our trust in Him for the provision to meet all the matters and needs of this life. And also of examining and measuring our heart attitudes towards other people and their needs. And money, as I mentioned earlier, Money truly is one of his more definitive instruments of measure. Recently, in another message, we talked about this matter of tithing and other forms of giving. But God has brought it before us again, as I mentioned earlier. God has brought the matter before us again in the words of our scripture passage today. So for that reason, I believe that we need to talk about it again. In that earlier message... I read words of instruction to us regarding tithing from the book of Malachi. There in Malachi chapter 3, God asks us the question. He asks, will a man rob God? And when he says, will a man, that's also a woman. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and in offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That there may be food in my house. And try me now in this. Listen. He says. Try me now in this. Says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven. And pour out for you such blessing. That there will not be room enough to receive it. Now here in these words God used... An interesting word to describe our lack of giving a tithe of our income. He used the word rob. Why do you suppose that God used that word rob? Folks, the answer is a simple one. It's because money, money in all of its different forms, belongs to God from the very beginning. Both before and after we think that we earned it in our salary. And as a test of our faith, he asks that we return at least 10% of it to him. His money, 100% his money, he asks us to give back 10% of his money to him. Now yes, some of the New Testament churches and New Testament teachers tell us that the requirements regarding tithing were only for the days of the Old Testament law. But folks, I am not of that understanding from these scriptures. And so as for me and my house, we tithe. And no, God does not really need our money. He obviously has no need for such things. But in his infinite wisdom and purposes, he has raised up people and he has raised up organizations that are designed to help meet the needs of other people, both in their Christian faith and also in their needs in their daily life. Churches like ours and other ministry organizations, we need a certain amount of money each month to pay the bills and to support any ministries that this church would want to support. And to provide for those needs, God provokes your and my conscience to know that we need to give some of the money that he provides for us and put it in that offering plate. And folks, our giving though, must also extend outside of the body of Christ on into meeting the needs of even the unbelieving community of people. As I mentioned earlier, he tells us in verse 35 of this chapter 6, he says, he, this is God, is also kind to the ungrateful and the evil. We're not of that mind normally. We'll give to people we like, but not so with the love of God. He is also kind to the ungrateful and to the evil. And as this cycle of provision and giving takes place, God's able to reveal to us our own personal care about other people. That's the essence of the greatest commandment. He said, I want you to love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I want you to love others as I love them. And so then, this whole cycle of provision and giving allows God to be able to reveal to us our own personal heart attitude towards it all towards our trust in him and our love for those other people and so he tells us here to take a careful look at our own heart about it all and note here in Malachi 3 that God is also a sweet and loving father one who showers back great blessings upon his beloved children when they prove faithful In their trust of Him. Verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That there may be food in my house. Try me now in this. Says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven. And pour out for you such blessings. That there will not be room enough. To receive it. And then here. In our passage for today. He gives us a similar promise. He says give. And it will be given to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. God loves you and me as His dearly beloved children. And He wants to literally shower us with blessings. All we have to do is love Him back. That's His only requirement. He wants us to love Him back and to put our trust in Him. And then He'll pour out blessings upon us more than we could ever imagine. So my question again is, Are you a giver? Am I a giver? And not just, do you give? And what is your heart attitude when you write that check or when you put that money in the offering plate? Or you're contemplating bringing money to church on Sunday? Are you a giver? What about that man that's standing at the red light with a sign that says, we'll work for food? Most of us know that that's not what he really means. He wants us to hand him some money. And I've never actually taken them up on that offer for them to work for me. I'll just usually hand them some money. But I confess to you that I questioned it in my mind, was that a good decision? But the Lord doesn't want us to go there all the time. Yes, sometimes in our thoughts, he wants us to have those questions. What he's doing is he's actually saying what he's saying here. And so the question is, are you a giver? Am I a giver? Not just do you give, whether freely or grudgingly, but are you a giver? Do you have a giving heart and a giving spirit? I want you to think with me on this. Where is your heart attitude right now in this matter of money? Most folks in a church don't like their pastor preaching on giving and tithing. Where is your heart attitude right now as you listen to the words that I'm saying? What is your heart attitude towards the money that you consider to be yours. Do you regard that money as being yours? Because, folks, listen, it does not belong to you. It never has belonged to you. And it never will belong to you. That's why God uses the word stewardship. He uses the word stewardship. Do you know what a steward is? That's someone who takes care of someone else's property. The money that we have does not belong to us, and it will never belong to us. And it matters not whether we worked hard for it and earned it in a paycheck or perhaps received it from Social Security or some other source. The money still ever and always belongs to the Lord, even as He gives it to us to use. And here, in these words, the Lord is calling out to you and to me to be generous with His money. To be generous with His money. And if we are. And if we give it back out freely. Then He'll multiply it back to us many times over. And He says to us in these words. Try me now in this. And see if I will not open up the windows of heaven. And just pour out for you. Pour out for you. So many blessings. That you'll not have room to receive it all. Folks you and I need to freely pour it out to pour out that money that the lord puts into our pockets and then step back and watch to see what the lord will do that's what he's asking us to do Says, try me in this the admonishment that's being given to us here in these words is that you and i as as we go out from this church today and as we live through the days of this next week and months ahead We should watch ourselves carefully to see what we do with our money, to see if we simply busy ourselves with spending our money on our own needs, going out to restaurants, paying the household bills, uh, other family-type needs. And yes, doing all those things, eating and paying the bills and all, that's the right thing to do. It really is a right thing to do. But here, God is calling us to go a step further a step further and to begin to trust him in all the matters of our finances and to actually test him to see what he will do. And that test, folks, that test will begin with your dividing out of the first fruits of your income back to him with the tithe. And then he invites us to watch to see what he'll do in return. And for those who have never tithed before, I can recall when we first began to tithe, as the months went by, we were able to see just how our faith was rewarded in our tithing. And he promises it. He promises that he'll reward us. Listen to these words in Hebrews eleven six: Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and listen, and that he is a rewarder. Of those who diligently seek him. And then again these words of our scripture passage. He makes a promise to us. Give. And it will be given to you. This is the God of the universe. He's the one who created money. He says give and it will be given to you. Good measure. pressed down. Shaken together. Running over will be placed in your bosom. For with the same measure that you use. It will be measured back to you. Now. With all of this being said, I need also to take a moment and give us a warning about these words of our Lord. While these words are the pure and precious truths of God, there are segments of the modern church that misuse these very words for personal gain. Over these recent decades, we've seen the rise of what has become known as prosperity religion. Churches and church organizations that probably began their ministries with good intentions. But over time, with the lure of great sums of money corrupting their efforts, those ministry leaders have become personally very wealthy. It seems that the faithful members of those churches are regularly encouraged by those corrupt leaders, church leaders. They're encouraged to give over and beyond the provisions of money that God really and truly intends for them to give to their church. And the excess then finds its way somehow into the pockets of those corrupt leaders. And that corruption is not just at a national level. I had a friend tell me about a local church that the pastor put so much pressure on the members that one of them took the money that she had put into an envelope for the light bill, and she put it in the offering plate. Congregation members are being pressured to give over and beyond what God would desire for them to give, because God does not desire for you to give your electric bill payment into that offering plate. And by the way, unfortunately, this very verse, verse 38 is one of the favorite passages that's misused to accomplish their efforts. Using these words, the members are told that if they want God to give to them, then they must themselves be willing to give more and more and more. That's wrong, folks. God has a perfect plan. And these words are the pure and precious truths of God. And you and I must do exactly as this scripture verse that I just read tells us to do. We must also be very careful to allow the Holy Spirit to guide our responses. Recall I read to you Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Verse 6 says, and the Holy Spirit will direct your paths. And that's what you and I need to do in matters of money. The Holy Spirit will help us to know if we are being guided wrongly by our church leaders. And we need to humbly listen the guidance of his still small voice. Now, with all of that being said, may we return our thoughts back to what God really intends with these words of Scripture and what He intends with the money that He provides for us and, and the faithfulness with which uh, we are to give. God truly will reward the diligence of our faith as we give. And no, God is not using our response to reveal our hearts to himself. I have heard that preached, folks, and that's simply not what God does. He's not trying to reveal what you believe or your measure of faith to him. He already knows what your measure of faith is. He knows you perfectly already. He is instead using our responses to reveal our hearts to ourselves to ourselves, to our own understanding. He wants us to see ourselves as we should. And so he's placed this as a mirror so that we can see ourselves as we really are. It's so easy for our hearts to become divided, and especially in matters such as money. In times of stress, and there's a shortage of money in the family, there can be really difficult trials difficult trials and instead of our continuing to love and to trust the lord with our whole heart our hearts will become quickly divided and the lord wants us to see ourselves as we really are and to quickly turn back to a oneness with him and to know that he is the one that created the circumstance that we're in and he's also going to make provisions for that circumstance and what we're to do is to trust him with our whole heart No matter what that situation looks like. Folks, it's in oneness that God will be blessed and that we'll find rest for our own troubled souls. In Psalm 119.2, God tells us, Blessed are they that seek me with their whole heart. Not a divided heart. You cannot, I cannot allow the pressures of daily life to divide my heart. You can't let these pressures divide your heart towards the Lord. And he keeps reassuring us over and over again with these scriptures like this one you give and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your bosom. God saying, I'll take care of this matter if you'll trust in me. And he's saying, you and I must not let the worries of this life divide our hearts and to take us captive, especially because we can so easily be taken captive to fear and uncertainty. What He wants us to do is continually seek Him with our whole heart and to trust Him for every provision. It's then that we'll be blessed beyond anything that we could ever hope or imagine. But now with all this being said about the giving of money, you and I must also clearly understand that money is only one of those measurements that God uses to test our faith. True giving... And having a giving spirit. That's why I ask that question. Do you have a giving spirit? True giving and having a giving spirit. Reaches far beyond the boundaries of money. True giving is an an attitude. That wells up from deep within our spirit. And it spills out into all of the matters. Of our daily life. Into everything that we have. Everything that we are. Everything that we say. Everything that we do. Translates into just every part of our personality, and every part of our life. True giving is the giving out of ourself. Giving and giving and asking nothing in return. Giving and giving and asking nothing in return. There's a secular song by Allison Krauss that I enjoy very much that speaks these words so very clearly. The song's about a father and about his family. He's a simple man who gave and gave and gave, asking nothing in return. Listen to these words of the chorus. They call out to me every time I hear this song. The chorus says, I want a simple love like that, always giving, never asking back. When I'm in my final hour looking back, I hope I've had a simple love like that. These words, folks, are my prayer for myself. When I'm in my final hour looking back, I hope that I've had a simple love like that. Always giving, never asking back. And so, may I ask you again, are you a giver, never asking for anything in return? You ought to be. I ought to be. And we need to keep reminding ourselves that God is the author of every need and every circumstance that comes to us each day. And for that reason, you and I need always to be seeking His wisdom as we give. Simply put, all of our giving, whether it be our money, our time, our emotions, our efforts, they're all very valuable, and they should all be used wisely to assure that we're accomplishing all those special purposes that God brings to us each day. And if we do that, then God will be faithful to always keep our feet on the right path in all of those matters. We'll be able to make good decisions. One last thought, and then we'll close. As we give of our money, of our time, of our emotions, of our efforts, the scriptures are clear that our giving should always begin within our own families, within our own household. We're to provide for them. While it may appear that we should sometimes sacrifice the needs of our family for those matters that would be called the greater good, it really does not work out that way. The scriptures are clear. In providing for others, God makes provision also for our families. God's plan will never conflict with itself. We can know that as we reach out beyond our family to our friends and our neighbors, even to remote parts of the world, God will make a wonderful provision back to our families. That's the way God is. And also, men, let me remind each of us that we are the God-ordained leaders within our families. And in these matters of the giving out of ourselves and our time and our emotions and our monies, we're training up all the members of our families, especially our sons and our daughters. So then my question for us again are you a giver am i a giver and not just do we give but are we givers do you do i have a giving heart a giving spirit god wants you and me to have a giving heart and a giving spirit why it's because it's a real and true measurement of our faith in him if we truly trust god for all of our needs then we'll be able to freely give back out all that He has given to us. So let me close with these words. True giving is an attitude that wells up from deep within our spirit, and it spills out into all of the other matters of life, into everything that we have, everything that we are, everything that we say. translates into every part of our personality and every part of our life. Others will be able to look at you And they can see your giving spirit. True giving is the giving out of ourselves. Giving and giving and giving and never asking back. So then, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Let's pray.